your Calgary Flames only play here. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Through 60 minutes and beyond the Flames talk. Post-game show starts now. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Final score from the Scotiabank Saddledome preseason game number two in the books. 5-3 Seattle beats the Flames and uh, Calgary drops to 1-1 one one on their preseason record with this one after the 10-0 win Sunday over the Vancouver Canucks. As we welcome you to our Flames Talk post-game show, Pat Steinberg, Derek Wills, Megan Mickelson around the corner. All right, let's get to our post-game coverage going. Pat Steinberg along with you following a 5-3 Flames loss to the Seattle Kraken and let's head to the Flames locker room to kick things off and say hello to defenseman Nick Simone who joins us right now. Nick, appreciate the time. Just uh, your thoughts on how this one went uh, out there tonight. Uh, I mean, obviously not the result we wanted, but it was kind of a sloppy game. A lot of penalties. It seemed like we couldn't really play to our identity for, for the whole game. Um, and just, you know, just capitalizing on some mistakes and that's about it. Um, when you uh, when you take a look at how things went on the blue line, uh, you lose Mackenzie Weger in the second period, and you're down to five defensemen. How would you feel the rest of uh, the defensemen reacted tonight? I mean, good. Uh, it's always hard, and, you know, first game in five months, and, and you go down to five D uh, pretty early. Uh, but I thought we we all battled and, and you know worked hard and, and played pretty good for the most part. Uh, Nick, how are you feeling so far in the early stages of the preseason and into uh, in the early stages of training camp? Good. Um, you know, I feel good about my game. I'm just trying to, you know, skate and, and move pucks as quick as I can and, and try to jump up in the rush and, and defend hard and, you know, try to play my 200-foot game. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think every day I've been getting better and, and hope to keep building on that. You're into uh, year three now with the Flames organization. You, you made your NHL debut, played four games last year. What uh, what about the Flames organization has, has really clicked for you? Um, I mean, I think I just fit in well with how we play and, and you know, the people here are great. And I, I love living in Calgary and it's nice, you know, both teams are here. Um, so you kind of, you move here for the season and, and you're in your one place and whether you're up, down and, and you're kind of just here. And um, it's just been a, a good opportunity for me. Well, Nick, appreciate the time, uh, and uh, thank you so much for doing this. Good luck in your next preseason game, and once again, thanks so much. Yep, thank you. Appreciate that is it. Nick DeSimone, postgame following tonight's 5-3 loss to the Seattle Kraken. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. For all things basement visit dlbasementsystems.com. Yeah, Pat, Megan, Derek with you here in the DL Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge, and uh, we saw 10 goals on Sunday night, and uh, the Flames completely different lineup for the second preseason game, friends, but uh, not the same type of evening. Megan, a, a tougher sludge for the Flames in this second preseason game at the Dome. Well, and I think to be expected with the uh, the team that they were facing tonight versus the roster that they faced last night. So uh, definitely tested a lot more in this hockey game, but I think it's good at this point in uh, the preseason for them to last night, a little bit of confidence booster, some goals, feel it out a little bit, and then tonight face a little bit more of uh, a tougher opposition uh, to test some of the new systems that they're trying to implement. Well, the National Hockey League didn't award the Calgary Flames the Stanley Cup after their 10 nothing 
victory over the Vancouver Canucks last night, and they didn't relegate them to another league after their 5-3 loss to the Seattle Kraken tonight. Uh, just uh, another reminder to take what you see in the preseason with a grain of salt. But, you know, last night it was almost too easy for the Flames versus the Canucks C or D squad. And tonight, to your point, Pat, that was tough sledding for the Flames yeah. against the Kraken team that was more talented on paper and I thought played at a much higher level on the ice. The Flames, they looked sloppy. I thought they lacked energy at, at times tonight. It's game two of the preseason, so you don't worry too much about it. But uh, back to the drawing board, uh, plenty of ammunition for the coaches uh, to put in their uh, teaching gun moving forward here. In our pregame show, our marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. We are focusing on Dustin Wolf's first start of the preseason. What do we uh, what do we make of Wolf as it's all said and done? He allows five on 28 in his 2023 preseason debut. Pat, he has proven people wrong at every level. But tonight was a tough night for Dustin Wolf, I thought. Um, now, the team was pretty disorganized in front of him at times. It felt like half the game was played on special teams, so you got to factor that in. But... Uh, I didn't think he had a great game tonight, truth be told. Yeah, I would agree with you, Wilsey, for sure. I think that he would have had some pretty high expectations for himself coming into this game. I think a lot of people would. And sometimes as a player, when you have those expectations on yourself and others have it on you, like that's a lot of pressure to face. And I think one of the big question marks coming into this game is could he face NHL caliber shots? We've seen him uh, at the AHL level obviously succeed and be tested there and, and do really, really well. But the question was, could he, could he perform at that level in the NHL? And uh, obviously one that he's probably not going to be happy with, but I also think that he's going to get another look at some point in this oh, preseason. Yeah, yeah I, I think we're probably going to see him two or three more times, I would guess. They got, uh, with the split squad game going on, uh, they'll have five more games after that. I, I would say probably another at least one, if not two more starts for Dustin between now and the end of the preseason. Just out of curiosity, Patty, did you see it the same way that we did? Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't like. I, I, I didn't necessarily think there were like, uh, you know, egregiously bad goals, but yeah, just a few of them that came from the outside. Yeah. That, uh, uh, are, are not are not typical of him allowing in every other level that he's played at so far, and even in that first game he played back in game 82 last year. The best way I can describe it, and I didn't feel this way when he played in a regular season game against the Sharks at the end of last season, I thought he looked small tonight. Yep. Which is like he physically he is small, yeah. but he has such a high hockey IQ, and he's usually so technically sound that he doesn't look small. But even a big goaltender like Jacob Markstrom or Dan Vladar can look small if they're not playing the right way. Mm -hmm. So it was just, it, it wasn't his best night, but it wasn't a great night for the guys in front of him. The, the game was really unstructured and scrambly, and I think that makes it tough on a goaltender. I, w I would agree with that for sure. And I think as a player in those types of games, whether you're a goalie or you're a skater, it's really hard mentally to stay in the game. And I think that he did his best to ride the waves and he did, he made some good saves. Yeah. Uh, so you have, 
give them props for that, trying to trying to ride that out in a situation where mentally it's it's really tough as a player to grind through those games. I guess it was it was a weird game because you you lose a defenseman in the second period. I don't know what Mackenzie Weaker said to get the first the ten minute misconduct, <laughs> and then I really don't know what he said in the penalty box to get the game. But uh, he went from getting two and two to getting two two and ten, and then a game. So uh, and another was, ten too. Uh, you got another ten on top. Yeah. Of that? Okay. So you, yeah, you got twenty four minutes in penalties. Good. For you. I don't know why he said anything at all. I, I, Maybe you wanted to watch a football it's the game. I don't know. I, just want, I want to know what he said. Just morbidly. <laughs> I don't think we could uh, repeat no, it on the radio, I don't think though. So either. And and so you're down to five defensemen. They were also down to eleven forwards because of what happened late in the first period. And I, I think that's maybe the the biggest takeaway yeah. that we'll have from the game, Megan. It's like that that's that's a player that. I think we all have, if not penned in, then really heavily penciled into the opening day lineup. And to see Jacob Pelche go down after absorbing that hit was uh, was tough to see. So we'll see how that plays itself out, as uh, and and we'll uh, get into that a little bit later on as we continue along. It's uh, Pat Steinberg, Megan Mickelson, Derek Wills around the table, and uh, for the first time on our Flames Talk post game show, uh, happy to welcome in Calgary Flames assistant coach uh, Dan. Oh, I'm just gonna let Derek. Uh, Derek's such a pro getting that headset all ready for him. Uh, Pat, Megan, Derek, and uh, now Dan Lambert joins us here, uh, assistant coach of the Calgary Flames. How, uh, first of all, welcome to our uh, humble abode. Thank you very much. It's for very humble, us. as you can see. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. How, uh, how would you assess that one and evaluate that one tonight? I think it was a hard game to evaluate. There was so many special teams and, you know, our power play. You know, we didn't get much practice time with that unit, that group, and uh, it certainly showed at times. But you know what? I mean, you know, you can always take some good things that we did at times. And I thought after we scored our first power play goal, we got a little bit bit of momentum. Um, but it's it's hard when, you know, two nights in a row you go down to 5D, yeah. um, you know, with about, you know, 40 minutes left in the game or 45 minutes left in the game. So, um, you know, we got we to gotta try to not allow that to happen and then, I thought, you know, with some young guys, it was their first games. You could tell the nerves. Um, but in, in saying that, there were there were some moments where, uh, you know, we, we did a few, some good things. When you talk about going down to five defensemen, I guess when, when you went from six to five, how do you felt that that went tonight in terms of those five guys? It's, I know it's a juggling act to try to figure out, uh, you know, you get a five-man rotation going, but in terms of managing their energy, how do you feel like that went tonight? Well, you know what, I thought I thought they handled it pretty well. You know, Noah was playing back-to-back also where he had played quite a few minutes last night as well. Um, he handled it pretty well. And then losing McKenzie, um, you know, he's a, he's going to be a big part of the power play. And, uh, and you know, you lose him, so now that throws everybody out of whack a little bit. Um, so, um, yeah, it's it's one of those things. And, and you know, you, you have a couple young guys in there. You want to put them in positions to succeed. But now, they, you know, you got to uh, push them a little bit to play in, in situations normally you, you wouldn't want to put them in. But you know what? They handled it pretty well. I thought Marin played well. Kuzi played well. You know, like these guys are... Um, they're young and and uh, they they handle it as well as you can expect. And in addition to having to juggle five defensemen for a good chunk of the game, there's also 12 power plays between the two teams. <laughs> you got to worry about power plays and penalty kills. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the penalty kill. I think you would agree that under Ryan Huska, it's been one of the best in the National Hockey League for a number of years. Are you guys going to make many tweaks to that, or is it kind of status quo? No, I th- you know I think that um, it's it's going to be play stay 
status quo as, uh, as long as you know things are, are going the way it's gone and and uh, certainly my job is to make sure I don't mess that up um, you know Ryan's done a great job and the players have done a great job on the PK and, and it's something that uh, you know I think you have a lot of players in that room that take pride in it and uh, and certainly that's not going to change. We're chatting with Flames assistant coach Dan Lambert with us following this uh, 5-3 setback to Seattle in preseason game number two. Dan, how, how are you settling in and, and uh, feeling comfortable? How, how is that coming along in your first year with this with this organization? Yeah, you know what? It's, it's, it's been really good. Um, there's no doubt that, you know, you go through a process where you're trying to learn the players, uh, you know, learn how to how they like to be. Uh, coached how they like to be talked to and and that's always that always takes a little bit of time um you know i obviously had conversations with players throughout the summer and and got to hopefully but it's all about building those relationships and i think that uh you know it's gonna there's gonna be a time when it takes it takes a little bit of time but um i feel very comfortable i think we have we have great young men uh, on this hockey club they're good people good and uh and that always makes it easier and I want to I want to go back to Etienne Morin. I think that he was a guy for me that over the course of the hockey game, he just seemed like he really settled in. And I, it was interesting after he blew his stick up at the blue line. There, that's a situation where, as a young player coming in, that could that can send you one way or the other in a, a bad direction or a good direction. And I actually think that his game got stronger from that point on. So, just your thoughts on his game um, and how he is adjusting to the play here I, I personally I thought that today was his best showing you know when you talk about the rookie games that he played mm-hmm. uh, as far as what I've seen anyway and in practice you know you can tell and and the funny thing is I asked him right before the game uh, right after the national anthems asked him how do you feel and he's like oh man I'm so nervous <laughs> and so you know if he's expressing that that you know and I said hey listen just enjoy it have fun with this this is your first game um, it's going to be a great opportunity here and you're going to get lots of ice time so don't worry about it just play your game and I thought he did that and I agree with you I thought he got better as the game went on I thought and and you know there's no doubt that they came hard uh, early in the game and I'm sure it was pressure that he wasn't used to seeing, uh, speed that he wasn't used to seeing. But you can tell that he's got good puck poise. He can make those little plays, um, you know, and, and, you know, as far as everything else. I thought at times there was a few soft plays that he made, that, but it was the right idea. And I think that's what you want right. to see. You know, he's, uh, you, have, <laughs> you know, you have to remember he's a, he's a young man. And, and, uh, but he handled, he handled himself very well. When everybody's healthy and available, I think we all know who the Flames' top six on defense is. But right now, Oliver Shillington isn't available to the team. So you've got a battle there to be the number six and seven guys. Two guys we saw last night I wanted to ask you about. Dennis Gilbert, who did leave the game early, but I thought was playing really well prior to uh, him crashing into the boards. And Jordan Osterley, who I was really impressed with. Your thoughts on Gilbert and Osterley last night? Well, I I thought... um you know, Dennis Gilbert did what he does. You know, he he stepped in there for, or, you know, got involved and, yeah. and dropped the gloves, and and that's that's what he does. That's what he brings, and and uh, he did a good job. Unfortunately, he gets pulled out of the game, or he gets hurt, so he's out of the game. Um, you know, and and these are the situations where, well, actually, both of them. You know, uh, Osterley took a, a puck late in the game in the head, but in saying that, I thought they both played very well. 
I thought Dennis got better, was was playing better as the game went on. I, th- I thought his first couple shifts there were a few, you know, small little mistakes, but he he got better. And then Austerly, uh, I thought Jordan played a real good game, solid game. You know, he's a f- fantastic skater, and he can really close on people, uh, specifically on the rush. I thought that that's probably one of his strengths, um, and I think he played within himself. He didn't try to do too much, made the good, simple play, and. Uh, yeah, I thought uh, I thought he had. A, they both had solid games. Final question: Just uh, now, two preseason games in the books. You got five more to go. I just, what do you want to see as the preseason rolls on? What's what's important from this coaching staff to see from the group, whether it be your your veterans, your regulars, or or otherwise? Well, I, I think you want to see. I think you want to see people improve. You know, like there's no doubt that there was rust out there tonight. Um, you know, and and. I think specifically the the older guys, like you know, you want to see them get to the get their game, the the top of their game by game one of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Whether that takes four games, five games, whatever it is, um, we want them to get them to get there. I think we want to continue to push playing with more pace. Um, I thought tonight at times that lacked, um, but that's a, a change, a little bit of a change of of the way we want to play our, our D zone is a little bit new as well. So we want to see our guys take steps in that. Um, but I think that, you know, there's, there's always going to be some, some trial times when you change a few things, but guys have handled it pretty well so far. I thought there was, there was moments where it looked, it's been looking really good. Appreciate the time. Uh, good to officially meet you uh, in person. I've talked to you on the phone, but uh, good to meet you, and uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, good luck in your next preseason game. Thank you very much. Great meeting you all, and uh, have, a, have a good rest of your night. You as well. Dan Lambert is uh, assistant coach of the Calgary Flames, joining us here in uh, the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge following a 5-3 setback for the Flames in preseason game number two to the Seattle Kraken around the table. It's Megan Mickelson, Derek Wills. My name is Pat Steinberg. As we continue along in your Flames Talk postgame show, show here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan and wherever you get your podcasts. Anybody um, anybody that that caught your eye, uh, the, you know, it's still a preseason game and thus you're still looking for positives and still looking for things that jumped out at you in a positive way. Anybody jump out uh, to either of you? I know you mentioned Etienne with uh, with Dan. Anybody, would, would he be the one or anybody else that jumped out to you? I think Etienne for sure. Um <clears throat> Like I mentioned, but I think also, and talking about a veteran player, I mean, obviously we, we've talked about a lot of the young guys coming in, but I thought that Blake Coleman had a, a really solid night tonight and came in and, and did what, what he needs to do on this team. And just, he got to the front of the net, did a really good job of that. So he would be another guy for me that I thought had a really strong game. Yeah, for me, I was pleasantly surprised that in his first ever NHL preseason game, and I'm not even sure he was supposed to play tonight. Etienne Morin stood out to me, and maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was because he's 18 years old and playing in his first ever NHL preseason game, but he has a lot of offensive upside. We talked about it during the broadcast, Pat. Led the QMJHL in goals by defenseman. He scored 21 last season. Led the Moncton Wildcats in both assists with 57 and points with 72. I heard some people say after the NHL draft, that they thought he was the most talented offensive defenseman in the draft, which says a lot. And we saw some of that tonight, so I was impressed by him. I thought Jan Kuznetsov had some good moments as well. And 
Beyond that, uh, Clark Bishop. I mean, I, I might be digging a little here, but he impressed me. It may be more so than anybody else as far as the younger guys in the forward group. So not as many guys as uh, last night when the Flames won 10 nothing, and that was a long list, but uh, those are just a few of the names that come to mind for me. And another interesting piece on Etienne Morin, um, and he talked about it at the Prospects Tournament, was that he skated with Jonathan Huberto yeah. this summer. Mm. And I thought that that was really cool. We've talked a little bit about Jonathan and how he's really sort of started to come into his own in terms of taking on more of a leadership role. So taking Morin under his wing, obviously being a young guy, but making him feel comfortable. You have to think that coming into this camp and this organization, that, that has helped with that transition a well, little. Bit. And and on on the front of Moran, I to to your point, Derek. I don't know if he was supposed to play this game originally when they when they wrote it up, and it might be the only preseason game he plays this year. It would not surprise me if you know he's one of those guys this week that gets returned to his junior team, just because it's it's his first year, and and the NHL is is not going to be where he ends up to start the year. So, pretty special night for him, I would imagine, being able to because. Not everybody gets preseason game. Uh, there, there are lots of prospects who come to camp and you know spend spend a week, week and a half here, but don't get into a preseason game. So pretty special night for them, I would imagine as well. Absolutely, yeah. and, and just on the other side, how about Riker Evans, the Calgary kid? <laughs> yeah, probably playing in front of family and friends. He was a real standout for me tonight. Just taking a look at his ice time, twenty three minutes and eighteen seconds and was quarterbacking their power play. There's something there with that kid. Yep. Um, you ready to go with the hardest working flame? I am ready to go because I already luck. talked about him. Okay, <laughs> nice. It is uh, oh, uh, time for the, geez, a little edge. It's game two of the preseason. Uh, hardest working flame time brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Megan Mickelson is uh, on the clock for this one. Where are we going? I'm going to go with it, Tan Moran. And I know we, we've talked a lot about him, so there's not much more to say, but just really liked his game and the way that he came in and, and performed. Young guy, obviously high expectations for him down the road, but just did a really good job and um, hardest working too in the sense that there's only 5D. Yeah. I've been in that situation. 5D in a preseason game, that is tough. Yep. Legs would have been burning. So, um, but that aside, just had a really solid game. Got better as the game went on. Talked about him lots, like you said. So, I will leave it there. Yeah, I like that. Etienne Moran, your hardest working flame, played just over 18 minutes in his preseason debut in the NHL. Hardest working flame, brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Just on that front, in a uh, in a back to back preseason game uh Noah Hannafin played lots last night on Sunday on this game Monday night he plays over 23 minutes because they went down to five you almost don't have a choice you're like geez that is not that is not ideal for Noah Hannafin's workload it's the only time that I have ever seen not one but two optional morning skates on day two of the preseason, <laughs> I was like, I was, Ryan Huska was laughing about it when we I talked know. with him this morning. But it's a good thing that Noah Hannafin is such an effortless skater because otherwise he'd be bagged right now. But uh, maybe he should be uh, honorable mention for your hardest working flame because he plays on both sides of special teams. And Pat, you're right, being down to 5D again, that, that's tough on a guy who's logging those types of minutes. Yep. I think he might get tomorrow off. 
Yeah, I believe the whole uh, team we is get getting to, the Do we get tomorrow? Off. Yeah, everybody does. <laughs> well, I got to do a hit, and Pat's got to do a show, but other than that, wow. yeah. It feels like a day off. Um, just back to Jacob Pelche. We didn't get a chance to expand on that before Dan sat down with us. That, that's We don't know what the status is. We'll see how it plays out. We'll hear from Ryan Huska in just a second, but that's, uh, that was tough to watch, eh? Yeah, especially, I mean, Jacob Pelche this morning and talking with the media, he was, you know, sort of – he was joking, carefree. He's a guy that brings a lot of positivity, a lot of energy. And you know that he was excited coming into this camp, coming into this game tonight, and really looking to have an impact. I think this is an important camp for him, an important preseason for him. So a guy that you don't want to see go down, I think, uh, you know, for me having been around the team the last uh, couple of years, but seeing him last year, getting to know him a little bit, uh, just that energy positivity that you bring. I know that that's so important in a dressing room. So you hate to see a guy like that go down. Yeah. And of all the players who played for the Flames tonight, he was the one I was most excited to see. Yep. We had a, a great media availability with him this morning, and he talked about how he feels like he can be himself off the ice because he didn't want to be too much for his new teammates last year. He had had to kind of feel it out. But this year he feels like he can just be himself off the ice, and he expanded on that by saying, I think that's going to allow me to really be myself on the ice as well. Mm -hmm. And I've really enjoyed watching him uh, at training camp and in practices. So I was so looking forward to watching him play in his first preseason game. Unfortunately, he doesn't get through the first period. And I didn't love the hit. Not the dirtiest hit I've ever seen, but you got a player in a vulnerable position along the boards there. I'd, I'd rather not see him get shoved in. Uh, it'll look like a shoulder to me, but I'm not a doctor and, and won't play one on the radio. But sure did the way yeah, the arm was hanging. Though. Yeah, uh, hopefully it's uh, one of those uh, instances where it looks worse than it is. He's a young kid and worked hard during the offseason, so uh, hopefully we see him back on the ice sooner rather than later. Pat, I'll say this. And, and, yeah, he's got to earn a job just like everybody else. I had him written in with a Sharpie. I, for me, there was no question outside of a disastrous training camp and preseason, which I don't think anybody was expecting, mm -hmm. that he was going to be not only on the opening night roster but in the opening night lineup, uh, just a matter of where. So uh, hopefully an injury doesn't prevent that from happening. Uh, okay, final score, 5-3. Flames fall to the Seattle Kraken here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Preseason game number two in the books. Uh, just some quick final thoughts from our broadcast crew. Uh, phone lines open, 403-240-4444. Text lines open at 960-960. We'll dive into that. We'll hear from Ryan Huska in just a few minutes as well, the head coach of the Calgary Flames. But some final thoughts from our broadcast team. Start with you, Mick. Yeah, I think, and I mentioned it earlier, it's you take this one with a grain of salt. And I think that uh, throughout this entire preseason, the coaching staff is going to take this away, look at it, look at the details. Um, but I think, you know, for the players, as it, it's sort of the same idea. It's you want to get better as the camp goes on. You don't want to get worse as the camp goes on. So that's from an individual standpoint, a team standpoint. Uh, but again, I'm going to echo this. I, at Tan Moran, I think that uh, he's a real bright spot in this organization moving forward. So there's a plus to take away. No one's going to remember the Flames' preseason record. No. <laughs> For me, you'd always rather win than lose. Don't get me wrong, but who cares? I'll probably remember the 10 spot. Just yeah, well, we'll remember that. that one game and the final score in that game against the Canucks last night, but we're not going to remember the Flames' preseason record. Nobody will. 
So for me, it's all about trying to evaluate your players and evaluate your team, and it's about building to get to the regular season. So that's what really matters. And sure, there are things that you can take out of a 10 nothing win or any win, but I also think that there are different things that you can take out of a 5-3 loss or any loss. So, for example, in last night's game, you can say, here are some of the things that we want to do and that you did well. In tonight's game, I think it's going to go the other way. It's going to be more, here are the, some of the things that we don't want to do. Here's how we want to do it. Mick, I don't know if you'd agree with that, but I think you can probably break a game down like this, and there are going to be a lot of teaching points for the coaches uh, to work with the players on. There Definitely there will be a ton of teaching points. I think that they'll have to be careful the way that they approach it because you still want your players to stay in a positive mindset. So I think that whenever whatever you do video sessions with coaches, it's we're looking at what we need to do better, but you also try to throw in a couple of a couple of things in there that they did really well that they need to continue to do as well. But like you said, last night it was more the good versus the bad tonight probably more the bad versus the good, but I think some good things that they could take away too. And also the longest preseason game in the history of the world, so I'm glad that second period finally came to an end after four or five hours, but uh, yeah, back to the drawing board and looking forward to uh, watching the Flames uh, versus the Jets uh, in Winnipeg on Wednesday. That's next up Wednesday at 6 o'clock Calgary time for now. Be well, friends. Have a great rest of your night. Good night, Pat. Megan Mickelson Bye, Pat. and Derek Wills signing off on this Monday night. 5-3, your final score. Flames fall to the Seattle Kraken in preseason game number two. My name is Pat Steinberg. Let's hear from the head coach of the Calgary Flames, Ryan Huska, as he breaks down tonight's 5-3 setback. Maybe your biggest takeaway uh, on a night like tonight? Um, well... It was a different game than last night. Um, penalties for us in particular, I, I don't think we were nearly disciplined enough, and that's something that we'll learn as we go. Um, you know, We just weren't able to get ourselves in the rib- rhythm of a game, but the pace that that team plays with, you know, I thought we started to be able to handle it a little bit better as the game went on, um, but you get into the situation where you, you lose uh, Pelch early on and McKenzie, um, ended up getting thrown out, so it's it's a little different. You got some guys that are playing way too much at this time of year, and you got some guys that aren't playing enough. So that's the way it goes. Is an update on Jacob? Uh, he's gonna. It's an upper body injury, and we'll. There's gonna do some doctors. will do some stuff with him tomorrow, and we'll have a, a better idea of what actually it is. Is it a short term thing, or is it like a long term? We'll have to find out tomorrow. I don't really know the answer to that. What happened with McKenzie? Can you tell? I don't know. I haven't uh, seen him after the game, so I, I don't know. He was, obviously, emotions got the better of him. We just talked to Dustin Wolf and asked him about how he evaluated his game. He yeah. said, look, it's an opportunity to learn. And that sort of sounds like perfect attitude for a young guy to have in a situation like this. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I know he would want to come in in his first game and, and not give up anything. Um, but the way he is, he'll look back at all the goals that went in on him, and he'll find a way to... Um, approach it differently next time if he's in that situation. So um, you, you would hope your players, when you don't have a noting that you would like to have, would reflect upon it. So he's a, he's that type of player. He'll most definitely do that. How disappointing is it if you've lost Belche for any length of time? Uh, well, 
Anybody, really. I mean, you know, I feel like even these, these two games with Dennis going down last night and, and losing Jacob for some time tonight, at this time of the year you don't want to lose anybody, unfortunately. So uh, we'll hope he's, he's going to be back with us sooner than later, but uh, we'll find that out tomorrow. Was tonight a better chance for you guys to evaluate against maybe more an equal opponent than for sure. Sunday was? For sure, yeah, without without question. You know, um, this team on the other side, they skate really well, so it puts some players in situations where they have to make a lot of plays under pressure. And some guys are ready for it, some guys kind of weren't. Um, and I don't think some other guys were, you know, at the level that they will be at down the road. Does that sort of explain the penalties, just not being quite up to speed and not executing at the level that you have to and trying to make up for it a little I, bit? I think a little bit with the penalties is making sure they're playing uh, a hard game together. Um, we have a bunch of guys that will, you know, they're going to um, make sure they take care of the guys in the net. I think that's something that's important for our team. You have to find the line in that regard, and then you have to understand um, when you, you know, penalties are going to happen, but you want them to be penalties where, um, they're not putting a team in a tough spot, or you're losing players like McKenzie. Like we, we don't want to have a guy missing after whatever it was six minutes of play. Ryan, you had quite a few kids that, that was like their first preseason game at yeah. this level. You had some others quite in a, quite young. You give an assessment on any of those kids? You know, I thought Moran as the game went on uh, got better. It's funny he told Dan before the game. Um, Dan uh, Lambert was just talking to him and asked him how he's feeling, and he was. Like point blank, I'm really nervous. So, um, which is to be expected for a young guy that was just drafted. And I thought as the night went on, he did a he did a good job. Like um, we gave him some power play time when McKenzie got tossed out, and I thought he handled it well. Yeah. Emilio Pedersen stepped up in that power play spot when yeah. Jacob went out. What did you see from him tonight? Well, I I thought he actually had some pace to his game. Um, he's a skilled guy. He, he we wanted to give him an opportunity, you know, whether Jacob was there or not, he was going to mix in with the other unit at times. So I thought he did a good job. He was ready to play for whatever came his way, which is a good thing. There you go. That is head coach Ryan Huska postgame following his team's 5-3 loss to the Seattle Kraken on this Monday night here in preseason action at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It's Pat Steinberg along with you as the phone lines are open on our Flames Talk postgame show at 403-240-4444. We don't have to just talk about the game. You want to talk about camp battles. You want to talk about opening season roster. Uh, you want to talk about anything Flames related. Trades, blah, blah, blah. All of it's on the table at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960 960 as well call now text now lots of time for your phone calls and text lots of time to go back inside the flames locker room and a whole lot more we're coming at you from the doug lacy's basement systems hot stove lounge they're your local experts for basement waterproofing sump pumps crawl spaces foundation repair and radon mitigation for all things basementy visit dlbasementsystems.com phone calls text and more from the dome around the corner flames fall five three to the Seattle Kraken here in preseason game number two. And this is Calgary Flames Hockey and your Flames Talk post-game show on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Our Flames Talk post-game show continues from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, Calgary. Calgary.
Your final score here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Flames fall 5-3 to the Seattle Kraken as they play preseason game number two. That's in the books as uh, we move closer and closer to the start of the regular season. In fact, uh, we are just over two weeks away from the start of the regular season, October 11th, against the Winnipeg Jets. It's Steinberg along with you on our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge as our Flames Talk postgame show continues on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for tonight's Save of the Game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. It was Dustin Wolf getting the start in net, his first start of the 2023 preseason. We'll hear from him in a second. We'll talk about him in a second. But uh, Dustin Wolf delivered tonight's Save of the Game in period at number three. Tolvin in front. Karchi with a shot, and Wolf flashes the leather and makes a terrific trapper stop. That ends up being one of the 23 saves made by Dustin Wolf tonight, and that is his save of the game. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. A reminder, phone lines are open if you want to chat goaltending, you want to chat Wolf, you want to chat camp battles, you want to chat anything else roster-wise moving towards the regular season. The phone lines are open. It's uh, it's a shorter post-game show in the preseason but still have some time if you want to jump in on the Flames Talk phone lines at 403-240-4444 and the text line got a bunch that we'll get to in just a second at 960-960 as uh, we talked about with Derek and Megan a little earlier um, yeah I thought it was a uh, just a, a so-so night preseason wise for Dustin Wolf I, I definitely don't think that you know you come away from this game saying well 100% got to be you know that now he's he's overtaken Dan Vladar uh, no um but again the preseason is i this is my personal opinion on on the Dustin Wolf situation i don't think anything he was going to do this preseason was going to move him past Dan Vladar on the depth chart to the extent that they would move Vladar off the roster or to the American League or anything like that. Vladar is the incumbent in that number two spot, and he is going to be the incumbent, I think, to start the regular season. That's not to say that Dustin can't put himself in even better stead organizationally with a good training camp and a good preseason. And again, I thought he was just so-so tonight, but uh, he can put himself even in better standing with an organization that's already a huge fan of his and believes he's ready to play in the NHL. The Flames are, are, are going to have almost certainly, unless a trade is made between now and the start of the regular season, so let's assume that that doesn't happen, the Flames are going to have three goaltenders that they believe can play NHL minutes, and those, those three goaltenders are all going to need to get some games in. And Dustin's going to have opportunities to get games in in the NHL. I don't think it's going to be a ton, but I do think that they're going to find and pick and choose some spots with uh, Vladar still as the number two where Wolf can get into an NHL game when the American League and, and the NHL schedule allows. So I don't think anything has changed after tonight's start. I don't think anything was going to change uh, at any point during the preseason or training camp, and it's just important for Dustin to get some reps in before the regular season starts, both here with the Flames and with the AHL Wranglers. Uh, let's hear from Dustin as uh, he spoke post-game following tonight's 5-3 loss to the Seattle Kraken. 
Justin, how do you evaluate your performance tonight? I think it's a learning opportunity. Um, honestly, I thought as the game went on, I felt more confident and more comfortable in that there. Um, maybe the scores indicate how I think I perform, but at the same time, you, you want to win the games, and giving up five is not the most ideal scenario. You saw what you needed to see out of your performance. You saw some things that maybe you needed to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you haven't played in five months, so just getting your feet wet again, um, you know, trying to get back to the know. But that's the way you know how to play and um, get back to the league level. The whole city wants to talk about, you know, what do they do with the goalies? Are, are you, as a guy who's in that mix, able to just kind of block that out? Yeah, I think I'm just trying to come to the rink and, and play well and, you know, be a good teammate and um, not worry about the stuff I can control. And obviously that's not something I can control, so just worry about my how I'm playing and how I'm treating all my teammates and just kind of go from there. But you're able to go from you know your competitor you want to win you're out there to like okay this is a learning experience gotta you know gotta start evaluating and just kind of learning really yeah I mean these are obviously these games suck you don't want to lose but at the same time they're they're great games where you can learn a lot from them and um, you know my motto is kind of either win or you learn um, so kind of go back to the video and talk with with Barb's and, and Scops and kind of just go over where they thought I could have been better and where I thought I could have been better and just kind of come back all Wednesday and, and get better. What, uh, what was going through your head when you saw Jacob go down at the other end of the rink there? Yeah, obviously uh, that's a very unfortunate circumstance. He's not only an incredible player, but you know he lightens up the room and you never want to see a guy go, go down like that. And Obviously I'm hoping he's going to be okay and um, we can get back playing soon. I, I haven't heard you mention that motto, you win or you learn before. How has that sort of served you? How has that helped you get to this point today? Yeah, I mean, I've, done a, I've won a lot of hockey games over the last couple of years, and um, you know, when, I, when we do lose a game, it's a good opportunity to kind of come back to earth and um, you know, go back to video and go back to you know, the way you, you learned how to play goaltender and um, you know, find, find new ways to get better. And um, you know, Tomorrow's another day, and get the reset and come back on Wednesday and just go from there. What's it like trying to juggle the fact that you do get to learn after these losses, but also you only have so many opportunities this preseason to make an impression? What's it like handling that pressure? Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to play hockey and, um, you know, go out there and do my thing. And, you know, not everything's going to go your way each and every night. And um, just kind of, like I said, come back on Wednesday to get better. And, um, you know, just trying to help uh, my team win when I get the chance to. I, I know we're asking you to sort of reflect really quickly, but is there a goal or a moment that you can really kind of look back on and learn from tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think I just want to you know, be a little crisp with my movements. And, um, you know, I thought of that last one. I kind of leaned back and ended up on my butt a little sooner than I wanted to. And um, you know, it was just those little details that make a big difference. And, um, you know, just kind of, like I said, go back to the video, look at it. Um, determine what I think I could have done better and, and get better on Wednesday. There you go, Dustin Wolf. Post-game thoughts following tonight's 5-3 loss to the Seattle Kraken. He's got a really, really good uh, head on his shoulders and a really, really good approach to everything, and, and it's part of the reason why you just you feel really good about the way he's going to handle all of this. And, you know, it's, it's not necessarily going to be perfect um, and, and it's not necessarily going to be uh, easy to handle the, the this three goaltender situation, but the way that he approaches things and the way that he goes about his business, 
I think that you can be pretty uh, pretty confident that he's going to – mentally, it's not going to be something that takes over. Mentally, it's not going to be something that gets the best of him. Uh, and and so that's, um, that, that's, that's important. And um, we're all curious, as you heard Wes Gilbertson ask him, everybody in the city curious about how they're going to handle the three goaltenders. Well, however it's handled – Dustin Wolf is going to handle it just fine. I think you can be pretty um, you can be pretty confident of that. Um, so the final score here: Flames fall five three to Seattle. The final score at Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. In the other half of this split squad game, Flames beat the Kraken three two in a shootout. Uh, Yegor Sharangovich and Dylan Dubé each score shootout goals. And in regulation time, Dryden Hunt and Ilya Solovyov each score goals for the Flames. So Calgary improves to 2-1-0 in their preseason schedule with a win and a loss on this Monday night in split squad action. Once again, 3-2 shootout win uh, on the road in Seattle. Sharon Govich and Dubé each scoring in the shootout. Okay, phone lines, 403-240-4444. If you want to talk some Flames on a Monday night, you can do so. Let's dive in on the text line first at 960-960. Uh, this says, Pat, two questions for you. Do you think speed will be a problem for the Flames, seeing as how they're a team constructed with mostly older players and the game's trending towards youth and speed? Also, will there be a disciplinary hearing regarding the hit on Pelche? I'll, I'll answer the f- second one first. I don't believe my gut or my guess would be that there would not be a disciplinary hearing. Uh, I, it was not, if you ask me, it was not a malicious situation. It was maybe a little reckless, but not malicious. If you take a look at the play and how it happened, it was a puck battle in that weird kind of no-man's limbo land right in that, I don't know, that five-foot area near the boards. Pelche turned, and as as he turned, the Seattle player, Stidnich, kind of continued his momentum there wasn't like a big shove or a vicious follow through it was more the area of where it was so that's why I say it was maybe reckless but not dirty or malicious my guess is there would not be a disciplinary hearing but you never do know with the department of player safety but that would be my guess and that's just my from from my vantage point I've seen the replay six or seven times now Uh, that that would be how I read it that there was no definitely no intent and there was no malice or or, uh, anything dirty necessarily going on there, but just because of where that area is and how that we even saw it with Gilbert and Hoaglander on Sunday night, that was the end boards, not the sideboards, but still that whole area in puck battles in that five-foot range, it's, it's... when you engage at full speed like that, like both situations were, it can cause injury. And Gilbert went hard into the end boards. Pelche went uh, hard into the left boards. And, and both guys are, are nursing uh, injuries right now. Um, I'm a little, not to say I'm not concerned about Gilbert, but even talking to Ryan Huska today, sounds like he's doing a whole lot better. And, and he's probably, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time, but he'll be fine in the long run. I, I won't lie. I'm, I'm a little concerned about that Pelche injury, the way that his ha- arm was hanging. Um, just uh, talking to a, a couple of other people. Um, it, it just, 
I'm a little concerned about it, and uh, I, I didn't like the way that he went into the boards. I didn't like how long he st- stayed on the ice. I didn't like how he went to the room. And obviously, unlike Huberdo last night, we didn't see him return to action either. So it's an upper body injury, looked like a shoulder, um, and, and I, I am a little concerned about it. And it's it's really, really too bad that, we're talking about this, not just because of the play, but also because here's a guy that was really pegged to be one of the exciting members of the team this year and an exciting young player uh, that, that this text also is asking about adding speed. Yeah, he's a guy that can add some speed and some pop and some energy. So uh, it was really unfortunate to see that go the way it did. As for am I worried about speed, I'm actually less worried about it this year than I was last year. I say that because they are going to inject a little bit more youth into the lineup. So, you know, Pelche, we'll see what his status is like, but there's a good example. Sharon Govich coming in brings a good good amount of speed to his game. And, and this is no knock on Tyler Toffoli, who had a great year, obviously, last year with the Flames. was one of their best, if not their best player. But Sharon Govich is a far speedier player than Toffoli is. And so that that's a really good addition. Uh, with some of the young players that they're bringing in, hopefully... Um, if when Oliver Shillington returns, that adds some speed. Jordan Osterley skates really well. That adds some speed. So I actually think it's less of a worry personally for me this year as opposed to what we saw last year. This one from Jeff in Medicine Hat. Pat, what's Sam Honzek been up to? Hasn't been much talk of him since the Young Stars tournament. He's here. He uh, played in the... Um, game in Seattle tonight that the Flames won 3-2 in a shootout. Hanzek played 15-19, had one shot attempt, two hits, and one block shot. Um, he's, he's definitely looked like a young player who is at his first NHL camp. He is, you know didn't think he stood out in a big way in the three Young Stars games he played in Penticton, watching those games in person, and you know, it's we haven't seen him in person in an NHL preseason game, but yeah, I, I think Hanzex looked like a guy who is young and in his first NHL training camp has, has not to this point been a standout that you'd say, yeah, this guy's going to push for uh, NHL time off the start of the season, but that's okay. You know, that's fine. He's 18 years old and his first NHL training camp. I don't think that's what we should have necessarily expected. Now, I know that I had said a few times on on Flamestock coming into training camp, like, why not? Why couldn't he be that guy knowing how deep that draft is? But so far, it hasn't been that way, and that's okay. Uh, This says... Flames need more toughness and grit beyond Zadorov. He can't hold it down alone. Too many pretty boys. I don't, I don't know if I agree with the last part. Are, are there some good-looking humans on the Flames team? Yes, sure there are. Does that have any idea? What uh, Does that have any impact, rather, on the way they play? No, it does not. Uh, I'd add Gilbert into that mix as a guy who can add a little bit of toughness. Um, I think he's a guy that will stand up for a teammate, as we've seen many, many times. But no, is that the uh, number one attribute that this team brings? Yeah, probably not, and that's okay. Uh, Dylan and Revy says that sequence on Cartier's goal gave me PTSD from last year. Wolf had some rough rebound control, too. That said, game's a write-off for me on to the next one. This says Walker Dewar was the most outstanding player for me. No mention of him. I like Dewar. Scored a really nice goal to make it one nothing. Thought he played with some speed. I thought Walker Dewar showed exactly what Walker Dewar is in this game. He plays with speed. He can chip in when he 
needs to offensively. He's a straight-line player. Yeah, I thought he played well tonight. He was one of the guys that I thought was a big-time positive. A few other guys that I'll get to in a little bit as well. Uh, this from Dan and Cochran. I don't think any different of Wolf after that performance. He's one of their top prospects and is knocking on the door for the NHL. Well, the performance tonight isn't a step back in the long run. It didn't help his chances to make the opening night roster. Given the short runway he has in the preseason to force his way on, I'd say his chances of being game one backup uh, took a decent step back. Uh, he could still force his way in, but he'll need to be in a lot uh, he'll need to be a lot better in the next few games he gets in. Either way, not an issue if he starts in the AHL. His time will come, and I expect he'll be a star for this team for a long time to come. That comes from Dan and Cochran. Well said. Uh, this from Charles and Sundry. Flames were truly mediocre on special teams tonight. That's what cost them the game. And this said, well, this says Wolf had a really tough first two games with the Wranglers last year as well. Maybe he's just a slow starter. Uh, this says, I thought Pedersen and Schwint had strong games. Other players that stood out to me, I, uh, I, I thought Dewar was strong, as we talked about. I liked Klapka again. Every time I watch him play, he impresses. Tonight, two high-danger scoring opportunities on his stick. Um, he was a positive possession player. Um, I, I thought that he was physical again. He does not take any crap from anybody. Uh, I know he took a, a couple of penalties, but you're okay with those penalties in the preseason when a guy is uh, playing with a little chip on his shoulder or, or with a little edge. He skates well. I don't know. They, they, they've they got something in Klapka. I really think that. I, I don't know what they what that is, but they've got something that is kind of in the found money conversation. I think Klapka is going to stick around late into training camp. If he continues to perform the way that he has, I think he'll be one of their last cuts just based on, and, and who knows, with, with Pelche's status up in the air, I'm a little worried about Pelche in the in the short term here. Like That, that looks like it could be something that, that keeps him out a little bit. Maybe that opens a door for a guy like Klapka. I, I just think he has a really nice chance of being one of those players that lasts late into training camp, maybe one of those last cuts, and then puts himself in the conversation to be one of the first recalls if that needs to happen sometime in the regular season. I've been really impressed with Klapka going all the way back to the three games he played at the Young Stars Classic in Penticton. Great stuff on the text line at 969.60. Feel free to keep pounding the text through. Let's get to the phone lines for the first time at 403-240-4444. We're focusing on a Flames 5-3 loss to the Seattle Kraken. Flames also beat the Kraken 3-2 in a shootout in the other half of that split squad game in Seattle the phone lines we go we say hello first to neil on this monday night what's going on neil not a whole lot pat how are you doing i'm doing well uh, i just wanted to apologize for earlier for my indiscretion about the 10-0 score that i thought that happened against coyotes <laughs> oh that was that it was, was you <laughs> that was a 9-1 score and i was incorrect as i, I guess said, it just neil. felt like 10 because i was having so much fun Neil, you know? if you're gonna if you're gonna come at me with a "what are you talking about," uh, you better come armed with facts. Let me tell you. What, what was I ta- what was I talking about? Right? Come if on. You're, uh, if you have yeah. any, if you're, if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, Neil just texted in earlier on Monday. We were talking about the last time the Flames scored ten in a game, and the best I could come up with was 1996. That was the last time in a regular season or playoff game they scored ten. And Neil texted and said, "No, they scored ten in a game against uh, against Arizona." What do you? 
talking about? And that's so we got into a little playful exchange. That's all. And it was I was not correct. <laughs> you know what? I but, I'm wrong in those battles a lot of the time. So I, I feel your pain. But I do remember the let uh, we won ten chance. I think that's maybe what tripped me up. Ah, that could be it. That could absolutely be it. Because so, I remember that nine-one game. Yes, it was quite raucous in there. M- many failed uh, waves, but like we did it right at the end. I believe. I think we got a good <laughs> wave all the way around, all the way around the dome. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, but yeah, I just want to say uh, congratulations to Megan Nicholson. Uh, good for her for uh, you know taking a job from. Well, I mean, she didn't take his job, but filling in a position uh, where Pino Labardius did a great job for so many years, and I'm uh, I'm excited to see what she brings to your guys' uh, squad, and good for her. And that's kind of all I wanted to say tonight. Well, I appreciate the call tonight, Neil. It's been uh, it's been cool getting to know Megan, and uh, it's I I'll, I'll tell you what I uh, I really nerded out on Sunday night. Just listening to after the the ten nothing game, Kale McLean was our in person assistant coach, and uh, I really nerded out when Megan, who of course you know played at the highest level for more than a decade and has won multiple gold medals at the Olympics and World Championships, and and so to hear her and Kale McLean just nerd up and uh, they were talking about you know th- these are terms that like you know we're hockey people like M- Neil and Derek and Pat yeah we're hockey people we like hockey we 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 know a decent enough amount enough about the game and we watch it all the time but like we're not hockey people right like we're not nobody's coming to Steinberg and saying hey can you help me break down a power play or can you help me you know break uh, can you help me uh, map out a uh, a breakout or a, an offensive zone entry like nobody's coming to me for that for good reason uh, so to hear Megan who played the game at, at the highest level and to hear Kale who is just such a hockey savant and they were talking about uh, second quicks and it was like I just like turned my mic off I was like yeah this is nerdy stuff I love it because as as a nerd hockey nerd myself is as cool to hear people who know it at such a higher level than I do talk about it like that so I thought that was super neat and uh, yeah it's been uh, it's been cool to hear her and uh, Derek on the games and sit right beside them upstairs in the Peter Marr broadcast booth over the last little bit as well so uh, and and you know what it's like Lou is such a cool hire by the Flames and what he's doing is their reserve list scout and, and helping uh, helping them identify different players around uh, and, and not just around the NHL, but in different levels and, and using Lou's vast knowledge of, of all these different players and, and all his resources. So Lou's moved on to be a reserve list scout with the Flames organization after 10 years as the color voice of the Calgary Flames and, and to go from Lou to Megan like we have is just like uh, in terms of the hockey knowledge uh that's a that's a pretty seamless uh that's a pretty seamless jump you went from Lou a savant himself we all knew how how Lou understood the game and then to go right to Megan who played it at such a high level and really breaks it down uh really well too it's it's uh it's been good it's been cool to see uh 403-240-4444 is your phone number as we say hello to Anand uh back with us for a second straight night Anand what's going on how we doing Good evening, Pat. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Yeah, my first question would be for you. Let's say if, uh, if you were in the shoes of, let's say, a head coach of, let's say, Calgary Flames, uh, 
would there have been any changes you make with the place you sent to Seattle or Calgary? Would you have noticed, uh, like, try to make any change with the players that were on the rosters tonight? No, uh, I, I think I, I and on this one, you know, I I, I do defer to uh, the coaches on on ones like this, and I only say that because they're they're managing a lot. Like they played three games in two nights. They don't have a huge camp roster, uh, so they have to manage rest. They have to manage reps. They have to manage young players, all that type of stuff. So no, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't have changed because remember they played last night. So yet guys, some guys just by 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 no other um, by no other reason other than necessity. They had guys that had to play on back-to-back nights, which is not always ideal when it comes to the preseason. So, yeah, overall, uh, I, I wouldn't have made any changes at all. Great. And my final question would be, uh, do you know if there are any like underrated players that are coming, uh, let's say, in the AHL or the training camp uh, that have like highly chances to make the Flames NHL roster? Like any, uh, yeah, I think I think there's there's a few. I, I mentioned Klapka. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to just right right to start the season. But I won't say I won't close that door completely because he has done nothing but impress me so far throughout training camp, even going back to the Young Stars Classic in Penticton. Um, so I would say Klapka would be one of them. He would be the one that maybe leads the pack for me in terms of an under-the-radar guy because Pelche, Coronado, uh, Dewar, those guys are all either high-profile players or names that are expected to be on the roster anyway. So I, I'd, go with, uh, I'd go with Adam Klapka as, as that name. All right, sounds good. All right, um, maybe one final note. I'm planning to go for the uh, game on Friday at the Dome. Do you yeah. recommend it against the Oilers? Uh, do I recommend what? Uh, do I recommend that I go and watch the game live at the Dome? Yeah, absolutely. Have you? Uh, how many games at the Dome have you been to? I've been to five so far, and all of the five have been wins. Okay, well, they, they then then absolutely, I recommend. But yeah, I think you should. It uh, it'll be a I, I think it'll be a pretty decent roster by that time. We'll be into the second half of the preseason, so Friday will be the first game of the second half. So we'll start to see some more veterans getting mixed in with young players. That's when we'll start to see some of the line combinations be a little bit different. So yeah, I absolutely would. Yeah, this would be like one of my first preseason games, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you should. Uh, you should come for sure. All right, sounds good, Pat. Have a good night. And you too, Anna. Okay, appreciate it. Phone lines at 403-240-4444. If you want to jump in, text line 960-960 on this Monday night where the Flames fall 5-3 to the Seattle Kraken in preseason game number two. Then in preseason game number three, uh, the Flames beat Seattle 3-2 in a shootout. It was a split squad game on this Monday night. We're focusing on the 5-3 win over Seattle because that's the one we saw with our own two eyes, uh, but a 3-2 shootout win on the road 
road in Seattle as well. Solovyov and Hunt both scored goals for Calgary in regulation. Then Sharon Govich and Dubé scoring in the shootout. Let's get to tonight's Player with Heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. I'm going to go with Klapka. Um, I, I, I just talked a little bit about him with Anand right there, but here were, here were Klapka's final numbers on the individual and on-ice side of things. On the ice... He was out there for 10-7, five-on-five uh, shot attempts, so he was a 58.8% possession player. When he was on the ice, Flames had a 5 nothing scoring chance edge over the opposition, including one nothing at high danger. And then individually on his stick tonight, Klapka had two shot attempts, two scoring, uh, two scoring chances, and both of them were high danger scoring opportunities. So uh, I-, I thought he had himself a really, really strong game once again, and he just continues to impress. I'll go with Adam Klapka as tonight's player with heart brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office. Visit heartfit.ca. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room. Michael Backlund named the number two star in this game tonight. He had a goal and an assist in the 5-3 loss. First game of the preseason for Michael Backlund. He was on that line with Andrew Manchapani and Blake Coleman once again. Michael Backlund post game following tonight's 5-3 set back to Seattle. Like, where did you maybe see some positives and maybe even some negatives? Yeah. Um, yeah, positives. Uh, I mean, we got a lot of power plays. I think it was that we weren't maybe good enough, but we did still score two. That's a positive. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. We lose. Uh, it was a lot of penalties. Um, so, um, a lot of special teams. Um so yeah, I don't know. Um, it's good to get a game going here and um, go for the next one. With the penalties, I mean, Walker was saying sometimes you're not quite up to speed. You know, it's, it's your first skate around. I mean, you try to make up for things, and, and that's sort of generally what happens a little bit. Is that, that how you feel? What explains it? Yeah, I mean, we focused a lot so far on the, you know, our defensive zone work in our five on five, and um, <clears throat> which is normal, uh, which is good. Uh, we got to get that dialed in, and then uh, special team will come. Um, you know, more of the camp moves on here, so uh, we hadn't had a, too much time to work on the power play. But same time, hey, we're uh, we're good, we're NHL players. Uh, we got to make things happen, and um, you know, uh, wasn't the best all time. But at the same time, we scored two. Michael, every veteran guy remembers kind of when they were breaking in and and what it was like to fight for a spot. And, and so, with that in mind, when you see Jacob Pelche leave the game early, what what sort of goes through your mind for him? Yeah, I mean, uh, feel bad for him to have to leave the game. I don't know what his status is, but uh, uh, we'll see how it goes. But hopefully, come back here soon. Uh, but yeah, I uh, feel bad for him. Uh, such a positive energy guy, uh, great teammate. So it's really hard to see him uh, leave the game early on. Individually, like personally, for you, did you get what you needed out of the first one? Uh, I would have liked maybe the more fun five. That was a lot of special teams. Uh, uh, you know, we got a long diesel sh- uh, shift in the end there, and I thought, you know, we don't want to be in diesel, but it was good to get a little work on it. Um, and um, But, yeah, it's, it was nice to get going here and uh, get playing. It's been a while as we play games, so uh, it was fun to be out there. There you go. Michael Backlund, post-game, 
5-3 final. Flames lose to Seattle here at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome in preseason game number two. They then uh, beat Seattle 3-2 in a shootout in preseason game number three. Of course, a split squad game here at the Dome and at Climate Pledge on this Monday night. Okay, phone lines remain open. If you want to jump in, you still can. If you want to talk some Flames hockey, phone lines are open. We can talk about the game, sure, but if you didn't get an opportunity to catch it, we can just talk broader Flames conversations as well. Training camp battles, line combinations, trades, futures, all that type of stuff. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Same is true on the text line. If you'd like to jump in that way at 960-960. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation for all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Let's uh, head back inside the Flames locker room for a final time, but this time we'll uh, head inside from Seattle. Thanks to uh, Tori Peterson of CalgaryFlames.com for helping us out with this, but the Flames go into Seattle in the second half of the split squad game and take a 3-2 shootout win over the Kraken, so they lose here, win there. Ryan Huska served as the head coach here in Calgary, and it was Mark Savard running the bench on the road in Seattle. Let's hear from the Flames' assistant coach who was the head coach on the other split squad game tonight. Here's Mark Savard post game in Seattle. Shootout win. Things that you liked about this game? Well, just, you know, we had a very young lineup. Um, the kids brought a lot of energy. <clears throat> the veterans did their job. Mixed in and obviously Vladdy behind us tonight. He was excellent. So it's nice to see him sharp and, and just get a good effort from everybody. Yeah, talk about Vladar a little bit and his effort tonight putting a stop to that, especially in the shootout there. Yeah, he was really the backbone tonight. Uh, he made some key saves when we needed him. He looked sharp all night right from the start. So uh, when you get that back there, everybody has confidence ahead of you and, and, it, and it paid off tonight. A goal from Sloviov, Dryden Hunt, and then you get the shootout win as well from Dylan Dubé. Who stood out to you tonight? Well, you know what, a, a, a lot of guys, you know, it was kind of a big team effort. There wasn't one individual besides probably Vladdy behind them, but, you know, some guys did some big jobs. We had some big blocks late, Pospisil, Hanzik, the young guys, Solo. Uh, so it was it was a, really a group effort. But, uh, you know, I thought Aspinot was really well, really good tonight. Um, and you got to give Diot the credit, too. The kid gets in there and plays a good game. Uh, and up front, I really liked um, Rooney's line with Hunt and, and Siona, so... Uh, it was a good effort by everybody, and uh, we got the job done. With the younger group being here, is there anything you say to them kind of heading into these games just to calm those nerves? Well, yeah, just, you know, go out and have fun. It's, it's really, you know, cherish the moment and, and really enjoy it because, you, you know, in, and I learned from my career that you don't always get a second chance and you got to just enjoy what you have in front of you. So I think that was the message, and they went out there and had a good time, and uh, everybody's happy right now. I asked the guys this as well, but does games like this just kind of get you excited for the season to start? Oh, it really does. You know, we're, we're joking in there. Game seven, we're, we're having some fun in the room. So it was just a great atmosphere and, and, and a lot of fun for the guys, and, and it's going to be a nice playing ride home. There you go. That's uh, Mark Savard talking uh, with Liv McDonald of CalgaryFlames.com. Uh, that was the game in Seattle tonight. 3-2 shootout win for the Flames over the Kraken in that game. Few uh, few notes. Dubé, Sharon Govich score in the shootout. Uh, Solovyov and Hunt score in regulation. And uh, Dan Vladar uh, makes 35 stops. The shots were 37-21 in favor of a much more veteran-laden Kraken team. So Dan Vladar uh, sounds like he he was pretty stellar in the game, made 12 stops in the first, 10 in the second, uh, 9 in the third, and all four in overtime, then went 2 for 2 in the shootout as well. So it sounds like a pretty good night for Dan Vladar on the road in Seattle. Uh, unfortunately, 
weren't able to see it uh, because it was uh, the road game. We were focused on the home game here, which was the 5-3 Flames loss to the Seattle Kraken. Uh, so the Flames are now 2-1 and one in their preseason with their next game Wednesday in Winnipeg. Okay, uh, 403-240-4444, your phone number. Uh, if you want to jump in on the phone lines, you can talk all things Flames with us or 960-960 on the text line. Got at least one more phone call to get to before we wrap things up. But now on the text line at 960-960, uh, this from Will in BC. Pat, I'm also worried about Pelche. Do you think we'll see Shillington soon? Also, do you think Coronado could be a good replacement for Toffoli? I'm cautiously optimistic for this season. Um, so on the Shillington front, I, I think it's 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 a day by day thing. He he is uh, he's still here. He's still in Calgary. And they're just taking it slow, taking it day by day, baby steps, not pushing it. So, you know, Oliver is is um, he's he's closer to being back than I think than than uh, he has been at any point going all the way back to last uh, last year when he wasn't able to, to join him. Uh, he's still he's still struggling. He's still I, I don't like to use the word struggling because that that maybe has a bad connotation. But he's he's still working through some some things in in the mental health department, and he's still battling. And, and you know what? I like battling more than struggling. He's still battling. He's still working through it. And when he's ready, that'll be the right time. And maybe that'll be this week. Maybe it'll be next week. Maybe it'll be next month. We'll see. Um, do I think we'll see Shillington at some point this year? I'm going to say yes, just because uh, I, I I like to you know manifest that, put some good vibes out there for him. Um, but in the time being, I thought Jordan Osterley had a good game against Vancouver on Sunday, and and we'll see how the defense conversation evolves here uh, as as Shillington's unable to be with him right now. As for the Coronado replacing Toffoli thing, it's funny because you know both are right shots. I don't think Coronado is going to be as heavily utilized a penalty killer as Toffoli was. Toffoli, a, a really strong kind of two-way player, all-round guy, and was really strong in the penalty kill too. I don't think Coronado is going to be able to replace some of the defensive stuff, um, the, the head-to-head stuff against really good opposing players or the penalty kill stuff, but do I think that he could help make up for some of the offense the Flames lost in the the, the, the Toffoli trade? Yeah, I, I do think that. I think between him and Sharon Govich, who came over from New Jersey in the trade, I think those guys can absolutely help make up for what they're losing in Toffoli now, who's in New Jersey. Murray writes, uh, hats off to Vlad. He even tonight's split squad event. He did indeed. Um, this said, this says rather, Klapka's going to make the team by necessity due to injuries. Well, if he does, it would also be him earning it. I know that. Uh, I know that. What is the? That's part of what the texter's saying. I, I think if he continues on the way that he's gone, he's going to keep himself right in the mix till the very end. This says, sorry to ask, Pat, but I'm not on any social media. Was either game on TV tonight? That's from Rob. Uh, no, the Flames home game was streamed on CalgaryFlames.com, and from here on out, all the games will either be on TV or streamed. Wednesday's game, I'm not sure if they're going to uh, lift the regional blackout on TSN. Uh, TSN, of course, does the Jets regional games. I believe it is broadcast on TSN in the Winnipeg, Manitoba region. But a lot of times in the preseason, they'll lift the blackout. So it might be televised. If not, it will be on CalgaryFlames.com. Ryan Dietrich does a great job making sure all the games get streamed. The only one that won't 
was the road game in Seattle tonight, but all the rest of them will be streamed on CalgaryFlames.com. There's also one more against Vancouver in Vancouver, and that'll be on Sportsnet West. So uh, you'll have access to the rest of the preseason games, and the home game was streamed tonight on CalgaryFlames.com as well. And finally, this says, what did Uyghur get the misconducts for? I would love to know. I would love to know what he ended up saying. So there was the... There was the whole um, the whole incident started when Ty Cartier, Cartier took a poke at a rebound from Dustin Wolf, and and Uyghur didn't like that, so Uyghur went after Cartier, took a two for roughing and a two for unsportsmanlike conduct. So he must have said something to Cartier, or must have said something to an official in that scrum after Cartier took the extra poke at Wolf to get the two for unsportsmanlike in the ten minute uh, misconduct. Okay, so that happens, and then. The Kraken score on the power play, and immediately afterwards, Uyghur gets tossed with the game misconduct, so he must have said something in the penalty box that got him the game, so he got a game and an additional uh, 10-minute misconduct. So, yeah, it was... uh it was a it was a, a, a lengthy uh, lengthy penalty filled uh, or a, a lengthy penalty sheet for Mackenzie Weaker. Do I know what he said? No. Do I? I would like to, but no, I don't know exactly what he said. Great stuff on the text line at nine sixty nine sixty. We'll take one more phone call on the phone lines here on our Flames Talk post game show. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, live after every game right here on Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan. My name is Pat Steinberg. Let's say hello to Bryce. What's going on, Bryce? Oh, just I just heard about that game. It was pretty good. Like, like looking at the younger guys. Hey, have you heard this rumor about Samuel Gerard? Um, it's been putting out there. It's like they might trade him because he's a defenseman. Uh, sorry. The what? What's the rumor? Colorado's going to trade Sam Gerard? Yeah, and there is. And the Flames were looking at him, like that was it. Was in the Colorado paper. It was in. It's flying out there in media. I've I've seen it, but yeah. No, I have not. I have not seen that rumor myself. Um, I mean, Sam Gerrard's a heck of a player, um, but I have not seen that uh, rumor myself. No. Oh, and then how is uh, Peltrae? Is that really serious? Is it? I didn't see it because I was. Um. I, I was I was I was he was he seriously injured? Well, he left the game, didn't return. It, it looked like if I'm if I'm playing press box doctor, it looked like a shoulder injury, uh, either a dislocated or a separated shoulder. Uh, he did not look very good at all. Had to be helped off the ice, uh, as I mentioned, didn't return. So I'm a, I'm a little worried about it. I, I uh, I'm kind of um, you know you never want to you never want to pretend your doctor even though here I am saying that it looked like a shoulder I don't know if it's yeah. a shoulder injury I don't know the severity of it because they don't know the severity of it but yeah, from afar it, it looked it pretty dangerous it, it looked it looked pretty uh it looked pretty scary I'm pretty I, I'm I'm pretty worried about it I'll say that much yeah and um Justin Wolf do you think like I think probably it's, uh, the the worry is like he, his first his first game early and kind of in in that atmosphere. Do you think? I think no. I think you'd be a good, good goaltender. It's just probably going to take some time, but it's just, he's got some he's got some ability to 
he's got that glove hand. It's like he's really he's got the reaction pretty down. Like, oh, he he is as athletic a goaltender and as good a reactionary goaltender as I I can ever remember watching. And and it's that his his ability to read the game and understand yeah. the game from the crease, and then his ridiculous athleticism and competitiveness that allows him to make up for what he lacks in in size compared to a lot of other goalies uh, at his level. So yeah, he is he has got really good reflexes, really good reaction time really good athleticism and and on top of that he he understands the game really well it wasn't a great night for him here tonight but that's okay it's his first preseason start i don't think that anything he could have done to during this entire preseason or training camp was going to be able to get him a hundred percent on the nhl roster or get him to displace dan vladar and vladar went out and had a hell of a game in seattle making 35 stops they yeah. believe all three guys need NHL games. They believe all three guys are capable of playing in the NHL. So they're going to uh, attempt to manage it with three guys here. Yeah, no, that sounds good. But anyway, I'll let you go and hope to see you through the season. It's good to hear from you, too. <laughs> you as well, Bryce. Have a great night. Hey, good to hear from you, buddy. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, and that will uh, wrap us up on the phone lines. That will wrap us up on the text line on this Monday night as we uh, start to wind things down on your Flames Talk post-game show. Steinberg along with you as we dive in on our final summary. As the Flames actually opened the scoring in this game, the only time they led was Walker Dewar's first of the season. It came at 3.58 of the first period. Dewar from Clark Bishop and Jacob Pelche, and the Flames led by a one nothing score. Less than two minutes later, though, Seattle tied on Kale Flurry's first of the year. Flurry from Logan Morrison at 535 and it was 1-1 after 20 minutes of play. After the second period we go when Seattle takes their first lead of the game. Kyler Yamamoto the new member of the Kraken scores on the power play. Yamamoto's first from Carson Rekopf and Ellie Tolvanen at 7-12 so that's a power play goal. Less than three minutes later Flames answer back with a power play marker of their own. Michael Backlund's first of the preseason from Noah Hannafin and Blake Coleman at 10:15 looked like it was going to be 2-2 going to the third period but Late in the second, Ty Karche gets the Kraken back out in front. He scores his first of the preseason unassisted at 1957. That was a shorthanded marker and made it 3-2 Seattle after 40 minutes of play. To the third period we go where the Kraken extend their lead to two on a Will Borgen goal. Borgen's first from Devin Shore and Ryan Winterton at 236 to make it 4-2. Flames get one back on an Andrew Mangiapane power play goal. Mangiapane's first of the preseason from Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman at the six minute mark but uh, Seattle goes back out in front by two and out in front by two for good at 11-24 Yamamoto scores again second goal of the night second power play goal of the night Riker Evans and Tolvanen with the assist at 11-24 to get us to our 5-3 final score final shots were 28-24 in favor of Seattle Flames go two for eight on the power play Kraken two for four with the man advantage your three stars tonight number three Will Borgen number two Michael Back and number one with a couple of goals tonight, Kyler Yamamoto. 
with the loss. And let's not forget the Flames also won 3-2 in a shootout in the game we weren't able to watch. But on the other half of this split squad game, Flames win 3-2 in a shootout on the road in Seattle. So uh, Calgary's record with both results tonight improves to 2-1-0 in the preseason. They're back in action Wednesday on the road in Winnipeg. Seattle's record is now 1-0-1 in the preseason. They're back in action Thursday at home to Vancouver. And that is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, for our on-site engineers, Tim Khalil and Jeff Mason, for our reporter, Logan Gordon, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. As we start to wrap things up from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge, they're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. For all things basement-y, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Next up for the Flames is Wednesday night. Note the start time. They're on the road, taking on the Winnipeg Jets in preseason game at number four. Six o'clock face-off, which means a five o'clock drive-home edition of your Calgary Flames warm-up pregame show. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your Monday. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your week. Your final score, two of them. The one we were mostly focused on, Flames lose 5-3 in a shootout to Seattle. And the one that happened uh, in Seattle, 3-2 shootout win for the Flames over the Kraken. Those are your two final scores. This has been your Flames Talk postgame show, available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is CFAC 960 AM, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. A Rogers Sports and Media Radio Station. Flames Radio is only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thanks for listening. Sportsnet.ca slash 960 has games and times for the next Flames Radio broadcast. This is a copyright broadcast. No retransmission, streaming, recording, or copying of the broadcast in any way is allowed without the permission of the Calgary Flames Hockey Club and Sportsnet. 960. Calgary's home for the Flames and the National Hockey League is Sportsnet 960 The Fan.